Hi, you're listening to Meeple to Meeple, uh, uniting players from around the world. I'm PJ, and with me as always is Gareth. And today is episode 12, so thanks for listening. Uh, today we're going to talk about Grab Your Pens, Five Rolling Rights to Hit Your Next Game Night. Gareth, how are you? I'm doing well. And after the last episode, talking about Twilight Inscription, that epic roll and write game, I'm looking forward to talking about five other awesome roll and write games that most people should get to, get to their table straight away. I think I think they may already own them, probably. Yeah, there's some popular ones in here. Um, let's see how they we get on. They won't take over an hour. <laughs> At least we hope not. We right? hope not. So I think we're, so we're going to do a classic. We got you've got two. I've got two, and then we're going to talk one between us, a shared one. So two plus two plus one. So why don't you start with your first recommendation? So we're going to talk about Welcome to. Um, I know a lot of people love this game. It's got lots of different expansions to it Um, by Blue Blue Cocker. What? Deep Water Games. Blue Cocker. I never noticed that on the... On the box before. That's interesting. Uh, Benoit Tarpin was the designer. Um, this one, so what I love about this game, and it's printed on the box, so it's for 10 and up ages, 25 minutes tops, um, unless you were at my house last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was not 25 minutes, I'm afraid. But it says player count is 1 to 100. Um, and that was why I was really interested when we first picked that game up. Um, so I guess it's technically a, what we call flipping, right? Not a roll and right. There's no dice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, we also upgraded. We got a nice little neoprene mat that you lay out in front of you. Um, and you've got a pad and it's three streets. It's like a neighborhood. Um, we call them subdivisions here. Uh, is there a special name? For... I think, I think we just call it for streets in a neighborhood. In a neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's it's a neighborhood of sorts. It's got three streets. Um, uh, the first street has 10 houses. The second has 13. And the third one has 15. And um, so you've got these decks of cards, three decks of cards. And there's a number from 1 to 15. And then a corresponding action. Uh, there's like a picture of a fence. And there you would draw a fence between two homes. And then you're trying to create estates, right? Which is you're linking multiple homes together that are fenced in to create an estate, like a two house estate, a three, a four, or five house estate. And you've got city plans that um, are kind of, uh, what do you call it? Public objectives, as you were. The first person to score whatever the city plan is will get the most points. And then everyone after that will get, will still get points, but smaller portions. Um, and so you just flip the cards once every, and then everyone just writes on their, on their, uh, their piece of paper or dry erase mat if you decide to upgrade mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, and, and you just keep doing that. And we do that simultaneously when everyone's done. Then we flip the three decks over one card at a time, revealing a new set of numbers and, and you pick one, right? So, um, you pick a number and its corresponding action. So, you know, if it's, if it's one with a fence, Three with a park because each city, each street has like numbers of parks on them that you would fill in for points and say 15 
with an estate real estate value that there's a little chart at the bottom you fill in. You can't pick the one and the real estate value. You've got to pick the one and the fence or the three and the park. So, you know, they're paired together. Um, and you can do that. Uh, the other caveat that makes it more strategic is that for each street, the addresses, the numbers that you're flipping over, you're going to write them on the houses to give them addresses. They have to go in ascending order. So if you decide to put the nine in the middle and then you fill out 10 and 11, so there's no more to the right. If you roll, if, if, a, if a number comes up that's too high, you can't place it. You know, they, they've got to be in order from left to right per street, right? And um, there's three, if there's three times you cannot use any of the numbers then you fill in a little dot. And once you fill in all three, the game ends. Uh, once someone completes all three uh, public city plans, the game ends. Uh, once someone has completely filled out their sheet, the game ends. And then you just tally up the score at the bottom. Uh, there's like a little, oh, there's pools. Some of the houses have pools and you can give it, you know, you circle the pool, then you scratch the number out and then you'll get whatever uh, score for pools. Um, it's a delightful game. Uh, we taught it to some friends last night. Last night was our roll and write game night at the house in anticipation of this game. So we played Welcome To. We taught it to some friends who were who came over. Uh, so the first game took almost an hour. Wow. <laughs> I think that's because there was a little uh, discrepancy in interpretation of rules. Uh, a reteach. Um, yeah, so the teaching the teaching was responsible for that. But we played it a second time, and I think it hit the 25 mark. Nice. 25 minute mark. So, yeah, that's great. A lot of people have it. Welcome to. Uh, they also have like a Halloween, since Halloween is coming up. They've got a, um, you can buy a deck of uh, a notepad. Uh, it's the same thing, the streets and everything. But it'll add an additional action for like Halloween trick or treaters. Uh, I haven't played it yet, so I don't know. But then they do it for Christmas. They have one for Easter. They have one for the summertime. Um, yeah, so that's worth checking out. It's uh, Welcome to by Deepwater Games. They do, my... of, they do a lot of flipping rights. Yeah, there's, there's some good games. I think the Halloween one, you're collecting candy from memory. Those kind of teeth-looking yes. candy, corn candy yes. um, between the houses. But, yeah, and this is like a 1.8 out of 5 complexity, so it's a, it's a very accessible roll and write, so it's a good choice. Roll and teach it properly. Flip and write, flip and write. <laughs> If you if there's no confusion in the rules, uh, you can you can run through it pretty quickly. Um, we would have gotten it done much faster. Yeah, it's popular. Yeah, really popular one. I love teaching yeah. it to new gamers as well. Very very popular. I know a lot of our listeners already own it, and you see it in Instagram all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's the first one. What do you got on tap? Well, um, I guess I was sticking with a heavier roll and write. So I've probably gone for the one just down below from twilight inscription which is hadrian's wall so this is um this is more like a 3.1 so it's a slightly more heavier um probably the heaviest roll and white people have been talking about before the most recent twilight inscription um it's based on uh con constructing uh hadrian's wall um it's for one to six players plays in about half an hour to an hour um i'd say that um this is awesome solo a definitely really good solo game. There is a lot of solitaire. There isn't too much um, 
activity with between players. Um, so for speed, I'd say probably one to three. Uh, we play this game quite a lot, two players. Um, but just like uh, Twilight Inscription, in terms of multiple player boards, this has got two. And again, when you first look at the two sheets, you put them side by side. It's like, wow, there are so many icons. Um, but like all these games, once someone has kindly run you through the rules um, and explained how this works, it's relatively easy. Um, you start the game with six, uh, 12 cards all the same. You shuffle them and each round you draw two. Um, on the bottom of a card is uh, like a personal objective, which you can choose. Um, and the other card will be used to give you some resources uh, for this turn. And then there's a card called Fake Cards in the middle of the, of the, of the gaming area that everyone gets to see. Uh, and on there will be uh, a mixture of the, the resources you can have. So um, there's bits of, um, I guess, bits of stone, which is resource. And then there's four types of um, uh, characters that you can use in the game, which you can allocate across these boards. So for everything from soldiers, builders, um, servants and civilians. Um, so there's black, uh, blue, purple and yellow. Um, and on the board, you'll see places where you can cross off this kind of thing. So you can spend, for example, the stone to build a, to build the wall. You can send your uh, servants out to gather wood um, and start to build um, fencing. Uh, you can go and build granaries. You can increase uh, your workshops and then you can spend uh, a lot of victory points um, across various uh, scoring me me mechanics to increase your wealth. And that's the left hand side of the board on the right hand side of the or the right player match, I say um, you're spending your citizens or your people to, for example, trade to perform at the theatre, um, to pray at the temples to go to the baths and courthouses to influence each other um, or to go out and be diplomatic and scout uh, around the area. Uh, all of those, and there's about 10, 12 locations, are all different mechanics from crossing things out uh, to gathering more resources to things you can only do once around to multiple rounds. Um, when you start the game, you're really only doing sort of five or six things. Uh, by the time you get to round six, um, you have got so many different um, characters to allocate that you are just putting combos down upon combos and that's a satisfying part. Um, I highly recommend Hadrian's Wall. I say when you first see it, you're going to think like, man, this is uh, this is complex. But actually, um, it's highly worth uh, investing a little bit of time to understand how, how the game plays through because it's incredibly satisfying. Uh, the only, I guess, interaction is every round um, you've got... Uh, some barbarians, barbarians yeah i think it's barbarians or somebody it's probably the celts uh invading and you need to make sure you've built your cohorts from left right and center and everyone has that and if they if you haven't defended with your walls you get negative points um so you always got this bit of pressure uh have you built the wall in the right place um are they going to come push through and are you going to get negative points but it's really nice um top quality uh, it's produced by Garfield Games. Uh, it's um, the art artworks by Sam Phillips, so Shem Phillips' brother. So um, if you've seen any more recent um, Garfield Games, you'll know the artwork style. But highly recommended. Have you played? I assume you have. A lot of players I know have played. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Uh, this game is great on multiple levels. I think the reason you chose it is because not only is it a flipping right, it is also a worker placement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are allocating people everywhere. Really are. Yeah. To, 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 um, yeah, yeah. I still don't think I've nailed 
every time I play, I try a different different technique to try and squeeze out as many points as possible. So since you chose Hadrian's Wall, uh, I'm going to give you a bit of history. Go for it. Right. Okay. So um, so Hadrian uh, arrives in Britannia in 122. Right. So it's A.D. Um, but before that, Julius Caesar. Right. So we're talking like the the, the, the 60s, mm-hmm. 60s to 40s B.C. Right. So when he goes to Gaul, which is modern day France, right, and he writes his epic Gallic War, where his whole account of the invasion, including Britannia, um, the opening lines, you know, it's all of Gaul is divided into three parts. Uh, and then he outlines who's where. He also says, because you mentioned the Celts, he's like, the people in this land are called in our language, that's the Romans or, or Latin, we call them Gauls, but in their language, the Celts. Uh, so that that is where my mind went when you said the Celts invading. Yeah, I can't like, remember. Oh, Caesar, the yeah. Gauls and the Celts. You know what I mean. I'm I know. Gonna, I, I'm going to get a rule I book do, now, but and I'm going to go and check. Any any opportunity to uh, correct spread, history, spread spread Julius Caesar knowledge around. I'll do that when I can. So, um, you know, stretch that muscle. But that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah, it's. it's it's um so uh my next I picked another flip and right. Um I think we only have one role in it. I don't or maybe two role and rights in the whole episode, but I picked cartographers, which is another uh fan favorite. Everyone loves it. Um we were late to the game, right? So cartographers came out and it's by Thunderworks game and it's set within uh, the world of uh, role player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where role player is a, you know, you're rolling dice and you're creating a character, a D&D type character. So it's set in the same world. Um, and then there was a there was a Kickstarter and there's all these expansions and a big box. So basically my wife and I have been building it piecemeal at a time via retail, right? So we picked up cartographers and played it. Later on, we picked up the Heroes expansion and played it, mm-hmm. and then we started getting all the new, the new notepads and expansions and promo cards and everything like that. Uh, I think the appeal to both of us about cartographers is that um, so you've got your pad in front of you is like a grid with different geographical features. So it's kind of like what you're doing is you are a cartographer and you are mapping a dungeon for the dungeon crawl right so in role player you're cre- the game is creating a character and then in cartographers you're mapping the dungeon that your character would crawl through right that's kind of the very very broad stroke premise broad stroke premise but you use well we have eventually upgraded uh but you can use color pencils because Beautiful. each terrain marker has a specific color to it and it's a lot easier visually than trying to write with the pencil and they, they come with just you know you know your regular pencils uh but you can upgrade them to color pencils at first we got a pack of crayola but then when we were at gen con uh at their at thunderworks booth we bought the neoprene mat that you lay out in front so you can put all the cards yeah there. nice um and then we upgraded like these are color pencils specific to cartographers and it has cartographers printed on the outside of the pencils and they the colors are specific so it's the specific red and yellow and purple 
that matches the colors used in the game in the cards. So, uh, so that's pretty, uh, pretty cool. So you have like a, uh, you have four seasons and you've got four public objectives. You're trying to shape kind of Tetrisy. So you'll flip a card and it'll say farms and that's going to be your yellow, right? And then at the bottom of the card, it tells you, uh, the shape that you can shade in with your, the color corresponding to the terrain type on your mat. And that's just a lot of fun because uh, we're not just writing. We're not using dry erase or chalk, although the chalk chalk pens from Twilight and Scripture are epic. You certainly can't use them in this game. You're going to need the color pencils. Yeah, but you, you can dry the chalk pens in about 15, 20 colors. It's true. Yeah, that's true. I'll be there. I'm, I'm going to buy the whole set. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, no, that's cool. But uh, yeah, Cartographers is great. That's another, again, another popular one. Um, shouldn't take more than 30 minutes at four players. We can usually squeeze in a two-player game in no time. Uh, it's, it is, it's also one to 100 players printed on there, ages 10 plus. It says 30 to 45 minutes, and I think that's, that's pretty I accurate. think it's pretty good, yeah. It's one of those games, um, I find really good mindfulness. Because I find it's, I'm kind of doing my own thing. I know there's a bit where you're rotating with, with the monsters. Um, right, there but, is. Like when you're in a season, your deck of cards, if you flip over um, a monster, monster uh, then you hand your card to your neighbor to your right or left. There's an arrow on the card, so you correspond it. And they will take the purple pencil and they will draw the monster on your map. Oh, it pains me. Cause, because yeah. you're, you're trying to make a beautiful world. We've got... um like a, a roll of a hundred fire liners of different colors. Um, and everyone's at the table concentrating and all grabbing different colors like, uh, with the fine liners doing their map. And then when you hand it round, it's like, please do not destroy this piece of art. And then there's this stupid little monster drawn um, yep. in a really con- inconvenient place that ruins everything. But it's, now, a, it's luckily, a great choice. Luckily there are heroes that can combat those monsters. If you draw them, they don't always appear either, but um, yeah, we, we played that. I think that one was more popular than Welcome to because we played them both last night. Uh, and I think it's because we failed the web- Welcome to Teach. Yeah, messed that one up. But uh, yeah, Cartographers is great. I forgot how good it was until we played. Yeah, it's a good game. So much for playability with the expansions because there's so many different maps, right? The underworld or the, the volcano that will erupt and destroy your beautiful artwork. Or, you know, lots of challenges. It's epic. So cartographers a role player tale so what do you have on deck Seth? so my last one of my own selection is a game that i picked up uh about i think it's earlier this year i can't quite remember is that it was not it's called long shot the dice game so it's a um this is a role we have dice for once out of our roll and write uh, this is a dice uh, dice rolling horse betting uh crazy race um around a racetrack um there are eight horses in the game uh there's multiple different sets of horses with different powers um but you're basically uh each turn you'll roll the dice and everyone use that die uh to do something on their player board so on the on the on your kind of i guess it's your betting betting sheep you've got um you can you can cross off the uh, horse horses numbers and if you get things in a row you get some bonuses you can decide who 
whose jacket you're going to sponsor or a helmet you're going to sponsor. Um, or you can put your bets down and you start the game with, uh, I think, about 20 money off my head. $12 you start with. Um, and you can invest that money in each horse. Each horse has got different odds. Uh, and when you roll a dice, it'll be a colored number and uh, a color and a number. And you'll move that horse, let's say blue moves three spaces forward or two spaces forward. Every horse also influences other horses, horses. And maybe the blue horse influences the green and the red, and they always move forward one space. Um, and you can influence other horses to do the same. So it is, uh, it is random. I mean, you think the horse is going to win and people can spend their super bonuses from the kind of bingo card section where you're crossing off the numbers to move horses backward. Um, and eventually you'll get around two, three quarters of the course. Uh, and in that zone, uh, you can't do uh, do much messing about. Uh, and you've got to get three horses crossing the line. Uh, if the first horse across the line is worth, I don't know, about $20, $30. Second and third, uh, you can buy the horses, which means you get the money at the end of the game. Um, but we play this eight player and it's a lot of fun. It's one to eight. I'd say it plays best sort of four to six. In fact, eight, eight players has been a brilliant game. Again, 25 minutes. It is chaotic, um, but everyone is engaged. There's no real downtime because every role you are doing something, you're bored and you're looking to see who who is doing what to which horses. So maybe they need the red horse to win and you know, your yellow and blue horse is out in front and they move the horses back and then suddenly the whole the whole board has changed. So um, if you haven't checked it out, um, there's a couple of there's a Kickstarter version around. There's a Barnes and Noble, which is where I picked it up from when I was over in the US uh, back at Easter. Uh, but managed to pick up the Kickstarter version. It's got a few extra packs of horses in it and promos at the UK Games Expo. Um, but I highly recommend uh, for like a, a, a larger group um, exercise. Uh, have you played it? No, this is the first time I've heard anything about it. Uh, it sounds yeah. a lot like Camel Up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's got that racing element to it. Um, you, yeah, it's Camel. Yeah, so Camel Up is, I think there's a, there's a board game called Long Shots, um, which uh, I can find out when that was released. That's like 2009. Okay. Um, this is a, a reskin as a dice game. It was a Kickstarter, I think, from last year, launched this year. But um, it's really nice if you want a larger player. I mean, you can play it. I mean, it works fine. You can play it solo. Um, so that's worth. Uh, I think it's Roland Wrights is the name of the solo player, as in Roland. Um, which is quite a clever uh, play on words. Um, oh, yes. So it's, yeah, worth checking out. That would be my, uh, again, 1.93. So I think the, the games you've spoken to and, and that last one for me, a nice, easy entry level uh, roll stroke flip or rights uh, for those who are looking for a game they've not tried before. That's interesting. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for that. It's good. It's good when you introduce me to new games sometimes. You know, you need it. I mean, that's why we're here, and that sounds great. Yeah. Sounds so great. for our um, 2 plus 2 plus 1, I think we're going to go for Rolling Realms. Rolling Realms, designed by our dear friend. Well, I don't know that he's our dear friend. He might know. <laughs> uh, Jamie Stegmeier. Um, you know, I think this game is just a testament to his brilliance, right? Like, this was a product of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, he, he designed this collectively. So with, that you could with the audience, yeah, who were all locked down, and it was um, it was it was a bit of a just a pet project on I think it was Facebook, yeah. That he did it very early in the pandemic, and then 
I don't know, 12, 18 months later. He, and he shared this as a, as a, and you can still get it now as a, um, print as a, print, a print and play. And he actually put it into a full version. Um, and so much so that he's taken it further. And there are now, you know, classic pack, you know, promo packs of cards yep. of, of other people's games. Um, yeah. So the idea is that you have, um, a shared deck of cards and each card is a realm, but they're all Stonemeyer games, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. You've got between, between two castles, between two cities, Charterstone, Euphoria, the Society, which is Red Rising, uh, yeah. Scythe, Pan, Pendulum, My Little Scythe, Tapestry, Viticulture, and Wingspan. And that's that's in the box. They're all... Yep. I think what amazed me is every card, for example, the Wingspan cards, brings out such a unique element of the full Big Brother board game. Absolutely. Um, it's genius. And I love Jamie for how... He's put, brought out that small essence of each game, uh, whether it's set collection or whether you're, you're mm-hmm. uh, crossing out things to, um, to to build up your um, towers or how uh, between two cities, that card actually is based on the two cards either side of it. But do you want to talk a bit more how the game plays? Yeah, so um, he uh, so you basically have two D6, and the game comes with these beautiful, oh yeah, chunky, you can hear them. You know, as, I, as I roll them right now, I have a one and a four. Uh, that's, not bad. <laughs> like, that's not bad. No, it's like a marbleish green and blue, and and they're big and chunky. But the beauty is, um, so you choose someone, right? If I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I played. Someone chooses three, and then we we all play the same three cards in front of us. Yes, yeah, so you'll play nine cards. You'll play three. You'll play three cards, and then you'll play three cards again. And they play three cards again, didn't you? And the cards themselves are dry erase. Yeah. And then it's got these beautiful little dry erase markers that we have. Um, you know, I think, and I think that, again, the testament to this game, not only does it have infinite replayability and expansion, because Libertalia, I got the Libertalia card, Terra Mystica. Uh, he's got some new ones coming out as he's getting licenses for them, right? Um, the Honey Buzz. Piece of Odin. Peace of Odin, and then Smitten, which is a new game that he's doing for... Terra, Mist- Terra Mystica, I think you said that a minute Terra Mystica, yeah. got that. Oh, um, and, and he released Rolling Realms. So yeah. it's, it's a yeah. set of cards. It's so based meta. On, it's so, so meta. Yeah. yeah, there's a Rolling Realms card in Rolling Realms. Yeah. Of course there is, yeah. right? Um, you know, and, and Jamie's trying to reach out and get more licensing to expand to more of our favorite board games so that they're featured in this. Um, and... Gareth, I believe you and your wife and me and my wife, we actually played this together over, uh, virtually. Over, over Instagram, uh, yeah. through DMs. Yeah, I mean, it, I've taught this to loads of non-gamers, family, friends. We've played it, like like you say, over um, over calls, uh, both through lockdown, but now obviously in a much more normal, stable world. And um, it works a treat, because as long as you've both got the copies of the games, you're just rolling a paradise, and you read out numbers. Yeah. And then you allocate those dice to the cards that uh, that you need to. Um, it also, I don't know how you felt. Uh, I mean, what I really enjoyed about it, I think it was like the, other than the live that we did with, you know, where I was a guest on Monday Meeple last year. Um, it was the first time that you and I got to, like, hang out, hang out yeah, and yeah. see each other. And then, and then our wives were with us, too. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's really sociable. Uh, it's a really sociable game. 
And uh, I think, um, yeah, even if you haven't played any of Jamie's or any of the Stonemaier games, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, on its own, it, yeah, this little card, you've got a little back. You can explain what's happening. Um, I, if I'm teaching the game new, there's certain cards I'd always start with. Like the society is really easy to teach because it's just this, this number should be lower than this number. Um, yeah, exactly. and, I usually, and I usually teach Scythe last, I think, when I look at, look at the cards in the game right now. Um, so you can step up people's learning. And once they've learned, played them through once, then you can shuffle them all up and oh, yeah. um, very quickly get people going. And every time you play, obviously, the three cards, uh, the combination of cards is always different. Um, and that's part of the puzzle itself is that, oh, these two cards kind of conflict each other from where I want to put my dice. Um, you gather resources and you've got another little card where you're gathering coins and you're gathering, um, what else you gather? Uh, pumpkins and hearts and st- yeah, and then you can allocate, coins, yeah, coins, you can allocate those to, like, to duplicate dice numbers or to, uh, repeat the number. So or again, adjust it up and down. One that's or two right. Or yeah. And if you don't spend them, they're all worth um, point 0.1 of a point. So if you've got 10 of them left over, <laughs> it's another <laughs> victory point. Jamie, to make that the most difficult part, is like, okay, so every 10 is a point, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it works a treat. I say if you want to just have a go, the the flip, the print and play is pretty pretty close to the final version. It really um, is. And you can find yeah. those on, on Stonemaier's um, homepage. Uh, yep. Plus, I say all of these Rolling Realms. And I think if you go onto Board Game Geek and look up Rolling Realms, uh, there are, I'm not going to say hundreds, I'd say tens of um, um, gamer designed um, realms, which you can try, you know, to try for free. And some of those I'm sure Jamie has got in the works behind the scenes once he's got licensing agreed. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah, it's cracking. I've got the next three. Uh, I ordered them this week um, as part of the smithing. As, as smithing device, yeah. yeah. You had to do it. So, well, um, you know, Stonemeyer's celebrating their 10th anniversary. And so he's got a lot of specials going on right now. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really good deal, and we couldn't pass that yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. And to expand our rolling realms is just really exciting. So Yeah. But, so um, no, we should get another game in. If anybody fancies a game, let's uh, let's arrange a game. Just drop us a yeah. message. I'd happily, uh, happily have a game of uh, Rolling Realms with anybody. It's easy to teach, teach or play if you've got a copy. Yep. If you have a copy of Rolling Realms, you let us know. We can set up a day. Uh, we can do Zoom. We can do, we can do whatever. We yeah. can figure it out. And it's just a lot of fun. It's another opportunity for us to uh, unite players from around the world, as Absolutely. we are trying to do here. Now, here's a question. Did you try? Because it has a solo variant as well. So um, I have tried. So it's based on golf, and I've done about yeah. two holes. So I didn't play didn't play a full round. Um, but yeah, this com- the completely abstract game of golf by selecting certain cards and following some rules on a, another player sheet. Have you played the whole? Yeah. Have you played a full round? I have not given the solo version a chance yet. Um, I have no idea. I have now Roland or Rolando, our uh, the board dad. He's uh, he's given it a go. And I know he finds it very challenging. Um, although, let, let's be fair, if you've got Redford sitting next to you, I mean. Well, you are going to be distracted. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, but, cool. Um, it's cool. Solitaire mini golf. And there's a yeah. t- there's 10 course cards. And it says that each, this this is par one. You're going to use these three realms. And this is a challenge. It just kind of says you can only get seven turns. You're going to cross out spaces. So, it, it just makes some very specific rules for a set of cards. And right. there's, there's actually a golf scoring card in the box. 
So yeah. whether you've got par, um, how difficult they are. So yeah, if you're into solo games, I'd say it's uh, it's also a really good choice. If you, uh, I guess most roll and rights or flipper rights are great for solo in the in the main. Absolutely. So that it's it's rolling realms, and again, like this is I think I think Gareth and I are being very sincere. Please. Reach out to us. We'd love to play it with you if you've got a copy because it's just a lot of fun to connect with you. And, uh, you know, you can just kind of hang out and have a little chat face to face while playing a game. So Always. And that's why we're in this hobby, right? Yeah. If any of those rolling around, any of these games today, I think, apart from long shot, would work. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I Some would. of them require that you're seated, you're seated where you're seated. Uh, will impact just a little bit, yeah. but not by too much. You can write that out. Okay, well, yeah. I love that episode. I do love a roll and I have a bit of a passion for roll and write, slip and write. So um, there are many more. So if you want to hear, I guess, a part two in the future, uh, there's plenty more uh, of these games where these where these came from. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, as ever, PJ, it's been great to talk about our favorite games. Fantastic. Love talking okay. to you, my friend. Too soon. Okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Bye, bye.